Well, welcome to Faith Promise Church this weekend. Are you excited to be together? Well, I am thrilled, thrilled to be with you this weekend, and uh, we are so excited. Whether you're here at our Faith Promise campus here at Pellissippi, or you're at our Blunt campus, maybe out at Anderson County, Campbell County, or over at North Knox, we are thrilled that you are here, even if you're worshiping with us online and you weren't here physically with us. We're so excited that you are here. For some of you, you're going, hey, what's going on? You sound a little bit different. I've had a horrible sinus infection this week. It's, uh, some of you were thinking I finally went through puberty, right, and got uh, my manly voice. But uh, no, I've been battling that, so if I hack up a lung, I'll spit it that way, and we'll continue and move forward and uh, work together. Well, I'm excited uh, to be here, and I just want to celebrate someone real quick. I, I just thank Pastor Chris for giving me the opportunity to be here and speak this weekend. Do we not have an unbelievable senior pastor here at our church? Let's give it up for Pastor Chris, the incredible vision that God has given him for this church and how he so uh, uh, gracefully leads us every single week. We're so thankful for that. And I just want to say a huge thank you. Many of you uh, don't, don't recognize what people do who are in global leadership roles here at our church, but at a multi-site now, uh, it's, uh, we, we could not do what we do every single week without the people in global leadership positions. People like Michelle and Worship, Zach and our student ministry, and Gina and our children's ministry provide resources every single week. And man, they do a phenomenal job, and I just want to thank them for what they do. Well, we're continuing in our series, The Walking Debt, and uh, pastors asked me to come and share a little bit this weekend about saving and investing as we, we wrap up this series together about money and how we manage our money. He asked me to come and just talk a little bit about, about the importance of saving and investing our money. And I truly do believe that saving and investing is the way that God has called us to handle and manage our money. Instead of being people who are bound by debt and enslaved and in bondage to debt and uh, loans in our life, that rather we should save and pay cash for what we need in our lives and uh, actually be able to invest our money and allow our money to make money for us. And so we're going to jump into that today as we spend some time together. How many of you know uh, the, these machines that they have out sometimes in the restaurants? They're called the claw machines. They have the different items inside of them, the big claw that you control with a joystick, you know, and it kind of drops down. And it, it's designed by Satan because you can never win, right? Uh, as a kid, I probably wasted thousands and thousands of dollars on these claw machines trying to win stuff. And I finally learned that you're just never going to win. It's designed to beat you. Well, our most favorite Mexican restaurant in Knoxville actually has one of these machines in its lobby. And we love Mexican, and we'll overlook the fact that it has this demonic machine in its lobby for glorious cheese dip. My child could survive off of a bowl of cheese dip and bean quesadillas. But anyway, ever, for the past three years, our daughter Elon has thought that that thing didn't do anything. It was just a box full of stuffed animals that she could go look at every single time that we went and ate there. And so she'd eat her meal. And when she was done, she'd ask to go look at the machine and look at all the stuffed animals that were coincidentally the same every time we went because no one had ever won one, right? And so she just saw that's what this machine did. And at Christmas, we took our family there, and we had um, a time to eat with our family. And when the, the meal was over with, she got up and she took her two little cousins with her over there, and she was showing them this really weird box that has these stuffed animals that never change inside of it, right? And uh, her older cousin 
uh, began to tell her what this machine did, right? Which opened my child's eyes, and I was very angry at that moment. Well, this lady who is looking at these beautiful little girls who I guess had compassion and thought her parents were broke and couldn't afford to let her play this machine, right, goes over and takes a $20 bill and has it broke into $1 bills and walks over to my little daughter and hands her a handful of uh, $1 bills, $21 bills, right? And I'm thinking, my child really doesn't fully get what this machine's going to do, right? So I'm thinking, she's going to bring $20 to dad, and this is a great day, right? Dinner's covered, right? No. Her older cousin explains, she put that dollar bill right here and then begins to play, and my daughter goes nuts, right? She is fixated, and she glues into this one puppy in the middle, and it's not even on the top. You can't get it. It's like buried, and it has a little leg poked up like this, right? And she wants that puppy. Like, look at Daddy. I want that puppy, right? And in two minutes, they blow through $20 on this machine. The lady turns around and is going to get another 20 broke into ones. And I'm going, no, 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 no. We're stopping this. We're putting it in. And my child crying like, I want the puppy. Please, Daddy. I just want the puppy. And I'm going, listen, I don't care how much money you put in that machine. You're never getting that puppy. It's not going to work. It's designed to take your money. I finally got to the point that I said, I'll take you to Build-A-Bear. That's how desperate I got, right? I'll pay $40 for a -a Build-A-Bear puppy, and we'll get all the accessories, and we'll still come out cheaper than trying to get the $2 puppy out of this machine, right? Still didn't convince her, right? I'm like, I'll take you to the Dollar Tree. I'll buy you a $2 puppy and give you $20 if we'll just go, all right? No, she wanted that puppy. And as ridiculous as it was for her to think that she could put money in and finally get that, we'd go, you're crazy. Quit throwing your money away on that, right? Quit pumping your money into something that doesn't work. We do the same in our lives when it comes to debt. We do the same in our lives when it comes to managing the resources and money that God has given us. We continue to throw it at things that don't work for us, that don't help us get further ahead in our finances. And I believe there's a better way. Instead of having to run to debt, instead of having to run to loans and credit cards to buy the things that we need, I think there's a better way, and the better way is saving and investing our money. In fact, Scripture says this. If you've uh, got your Bibles, Proverbs, it's coming up here on the screen. Proverbs 6, 6 through 8 says this. Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Now listen, this is what I think it's saying. A modern day translation is this. Is this. Wake up, you lazy bum. All right? Wake up, you lazy bum. And consider the ant. Look at the ant. Watch what the ant does. What does the ant do? Without having a chief or an officer or a ruler, not having someone telling her what to do, she prepares her bread in summer and she gathers her food in harvest time. She does two things. When an ant passes by a food source on the ground, she doesn't stop and eat every bit of that food source. If there is a piece of bread that has fallen on the ground or you leave something out on the floor in your house and a trail of ants come in, what you'll notice is they'll stop and they'll eat a little bit and then they do what? They take it away. They eat enough to to satisfy their hunger, but then they take what's left and they carry it away and they store up provisions for later in life when they'll need it most. When food is scarce, they have something to fall back on. And Scripture says, observe the ant. It's wise enough to save. It's wise enough to set aside for the future. And Scripture calls us to do the same. 
Proverbs 21.20 says this, Precious treasure and oils are in a wise man's house, but a foolish man devours it. A wise man's house is filled with precious oils and, 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 and treasure. That, that was wealth at that time. It was like money. You used oils and treasures to barter like you would with money today. He says his house is filled with money because he didn't devour it all at once. He didn't just burn straight through it. Just because he had $50, he didn't just spend $50. He saves. See, the wise don't just consume everything at once. They store it for their future needs. I think a better translation is this. Wise people don't live paycheck to paycheck. And the sad reality in America is this, and in the Christian church is this, is that 72% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And if you're living paycheck to paycheck, it more than likely means you're in debt. In America today, the 72% of people who are living paycheck to paycheck are actually spending $126 for every $100 they spend. They're spending $26 for every single uh, dollar they don't have. They're spending, uh, I'm sorry, $126 for every $100 they spend. They're overspending what they actually bring in. There's no room to save. There's no room to hold back. There's no room to set aside for the future. And Scripture is clear If we're going to be successful, if we're going to manage our money well, if we're going to honor God with our finances, we've got to create some margin in our finances to where we can begin to save and set money aside for the future. And even beyond that, begin to invest our money and allow our money to begin to make money for us. See, there's three critical categories that we have to save for. The first category is this, for emergencies. Now, let me clear it up. The new iPhone 6 is not an emergency. And I I know that you think it is. It's not an emergency. It really is not, right? An emergency is when your toddler swallows your wedding band, right? And you have to go to the emergency room and spend five hours in an emergency room only to be sent home with an $800 emergency room bill and told to watch your child's poop and fish the wedding ring out of their poop, right? And every young person in the room goes, that's disgusting. And every parent of a toddler goes, been there, done that, and I'm wearing the wedding band right now, right? You've been there. That's an emergency. You didn't see it coming. But when you've got money set aside, that's not such a big deal. And so for all of us, we need to set aside a $1,000 emergency fund for those emergencies when they rise up so that we don't have to turn to our credit cards. $1,000 set aside so when your tires go out, you can replace your tires. We set money aside for emergencies, those things that are unforeseen that pop up in the future. Another thing we save for, another category of savings that we should have are future purchases, right? When you need that new couch or you need the new floors or Christmas is coming every single year, right? And for some reason, Santa gets all the credit, but we get stuck with the bill, amen? Any other parents feel that out there? It comes every year. We know it's coming, but we'll go into thousands and thousands of dollars worth of debt to pay for Christmas. Or maybe vacation. Vacation's coming every single year. We know it. Instead, we set money aside for that. In fact, most of your your banks that you go to, in fact, ours, we actually have a, a, a vacation and Christmas club set up where every single month they take money out of my check and put it into an account. And right before Christmas in October, they deposit it into my account and we have money for Christmas and we don't have to go in debt. We set a little aside each month for that. 
You set aside for purchases that you know are coming for a car. Instead of making a car payment, you make that payment to yourself and you save money and don't have to spend the money on interest. You save that for those purchases. Another category we save for is the future. How many of you have kids out there? Raise your hand. A couple of us have kids out there. Hopefully they'll go to college. Who's going to pay for college, right? So we begin now. We set money aside now for that expense in the future. One day you'd like to retire, amen? If you don't save, you're going to be at Walmart saying, is that a return at the front door, okay? And you don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. But if you don't save now, if you don't invest money now into saving for that, that's what the future will be. See, most people don't save because we don't prioritize our money. We just go spending and buying the things that we want. The next thing that we just go buying on impulse, the things that we think we need for our life, and we just spend, 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 spend. Instead of prioritizing our money and saying, this is a priority. It's going to be a priority for me to tithe. It's a priority for me to give back to God what he has already given to me. It's a priority for me to save for my kids' college so that they can have a good step out and be ahead of the game when it comes to them starting their life. And they don't have to go in debt to make that happen. We prioritize the things that are important to us and then we use our money to resource those things. Instead of being strapped every, mo- every single month wondering how in the world are we going to pay just for the things just to get by this much, month, much less the things that we know are coming. See, the biggest challenge to us in saving is this thing called instant gratification. And we all deal with it. We all struggle with it, right? It's this desire to have it and want it now. We want it now. We can't wait. And the marketing world knows that, right? They understand that. That's why Apple every single year comes out with new devices every single year. Because they know you'll want it and you'll go pay for it. You'll go pay hundreds of dollars to get out of your current contract because you already have, you've got a six-month-old phone. You'll, you'll pay hundreds of dollars to get out of that contract so you can get the newest and greatest phone that came out that in two months you're bored with. It's that instant gratification. i got to have it. We have to have it now. We can't wait we got to have that new house now, that dream house now. we got to have that latest model car now. We can't wait. And so we spend, spend, spend. And we have to learn how to say no. Prioritize our, our money so that we can begin to save and allow our money to work for us. So there's two ways to earn money in life. The first way is this, working for money. First way is people making money. And we all, we all deal with this, right? We all have jobs. 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says this, For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Paul says, you want to eat? You want to have money? Then you have to work. It's a job. You have a skill. You have something that you do in exchange for money, for resources. That's one way in which we earn money, but the challenge with that is we're capped. There's only so many hours a week that we can work. There's only so high people are willing to pay us for that job or for that service. There's a second way that we can earn money, and that is this, money making money. Do you remember the story in Matthew chapter 25? Jesus tells a parable of a man who was wealthy, and he called three men in, and he gave to the first man five bags of gold. 
To the second man he gave three bags of gold, and to the third man one bag of gold. And he sent them on their way, and some time passed, and he called them back together. And the first man came in and said, hey, I took the five bags of gold that you gave me, and I invested them. And now, in return for that investment, I've received five additional bags. Here are ten bags of gold back to you. The second man came in, and he said, you gave me two bags of gold. I went out, and I invested those two bags of gold, and I received two bags of gold. Additionally, in return, here are four bags of gold I'm giving back to you. And the third man came in and said, listen, I knew how harsh you were. I knew how you didn't like to lose money. I knew how important that was, so I went out, and I dug a hole, and I buried the bag of gold in that hole. And here's your one bag of gold back. And the man said, you wicked and evil man, how you wasted the treasure that I gave you. If you had only went to a bank and, and deposited into a bank, at least you would have come back with some interest. And he took his bag of gold and he divided it among the other men and he kicked him out. Jesus is teaching us there about investment. How we can take the resources that he has given us, the money that he has given us, and invest it wisely and allow it to earn money and make money for us. And money, here's what's so crazy about it, is it starts to work for you instead of against you. Instead of interest being your enemy, interest becomes your friend. And the cool thing about money is this, is that money will work for you 365 days a year. Even while you're asleep, money will work for you. Money doesn't call in sick. It doesn't go on vacation. It'll make money for you around the clock. You're going, hey, that's just for wealthy people. That's just for rich people. I could never invest. No, it's for all of us. We can all invest wisely and watch how God blesses that and uses that to, grant, to bring wealth into our life that we can use to continue to fund the kingdom of God. So let's talk about investing. I think scripture gives us some clear warnings on investment because, listen, I've, I've made some horrible decisions. Some of you have said, hey, I've made some bad decisions when it's come to investing. Let's look at some warnings that scripture gives us about investing that will equip us to be great investors. The first warning scripture gives us this is don't invest in things that you don't understand. Proverbs 24, 3 through 4 says this, by wisdom a house is built. And by understanding it is established, and by knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. How is a house filled with riches? It's through wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And as you approach investing, as you look at options for investing your money, make sure you understand what it is you're investing in. The worst thing you could do is have no clue how it works or what you're investing your money in. There's all kinds of people out there who are trying to make money in the investment world. And if you're not careful, they'll take advantage of you. Make sure you get good advice. And my encouragement would be find a good mentor. Someone who will mentor you and advise you. And this is a clarification I'll give you. Listen, someone who's not trying to sell you something. Don't go to someone who's trying to sell you a product, right? My financial advisor, I trust him implicitly, right? He manages my 401k, and it's not invested with him. I've got a very small uh, uh, investment option that I have with him right now. And actually, the last time that I met with him, he actually told me, I, this is ridiculous. I shouldn't even say this to you, but I'm going to tell you, you're actually not making the money you could make by being invested with me. 
I'll continue to give you financial advice, but listen, it'd be smarter for you to take what you have with me and invest it through something else because you'd make more money doing it that way. He's looking out for my best interest. He's not trying to sell me something, and that's what you need. Find an investor who's, who's going to have your best interest at heart. Sometimes the best investment you can make is the one you don't make. Because you don't have all the pieces of information. You go, hey, that doesn't make sense. Or I don't see how that all fits together. I don't see how that can actually do that. If you don't feel comfortable with it, maybe the best thing to do is to back off and say, it's not wise for me to invest in this. The second script, uh, warning that Scripture gives us when it comes to investing that will equip us to be great investors is this. Don't put all your investments in one basket. It's called diversification. It's called spreading out your investments over multiple different options. Ecclesiastes 11.2, uh, uh, Solomon, who was the wisest, richest man who ever walked the face of the earth, said this. Give a portion to seven or even eight, for you know not what disaster may happen upon the earth. He says, spread out your investments. Spread them out over multiple options. Don't put everything in one basket because what happens if, that, if, that fall, if the bottom falls out in that one? What happens if that business goes under? Everything you have is now lost. You want to diversify. You want to spread it out. We even see this with Jesus in this parable that he told us. He's, the, 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 the wealth was spread out between three individuals. One had horrible returns. He still had two to fall back on that earned him great money. Investment. I'm from South Alabama. Anybody else uh, from South Alabama out there? Or, uh, any, any country people out there? And they, You've been around a farm. I grew up on a farm. And let me just help you. There's some wonderful smells on a farm. Anyone know what manure is? Someone speak my language out there. All right. Manure is cow poop. All right. And manure is an important part of farming because you can take manure and you can spread it out over your, your fields and crops and grass and all this and it will help it to grow. But here's the interesting thing about manure. If you pile it all up in one place, it stinks. And that's all it's good for. And investment's kind of like manure. If you pile it all up in one thing, it stinks. But if you spread it out over multiple things, it'll begin to grow. It'll begin to grow and do things that you never, ever thought and dreamed it could do. You want to spread out over stocks, over bonds, international stocks, real estate. You want a good blend, listen, based on your age and your proximity to retirement. The closer you get to retirement, you want to close your risk down. The, the further away you are from retirement, the higher you want your risk to be because you earn more money that way. And a good financial advisor, one with a proven track record, a good investor who's got a proven track record, who's done well and is successful, listen, can help you with that. And I encourage you to seek out someone who can help you do that. The third warning scripture gives us is this, don't try to get rich quick. So many people approach investing as, hey, in a year I want to be rich. I want to find something that I can dump my money into and tomorrow I can be a millionaire. Listen, the, the, the marketplace doesn't work that way. It's not designed for you to get rich quick and be a millionaire tomorrow. And Scripture even says, hey, that's not wise. 1 Timothy 6, 9, listen to what Paul says. To those who want to get rich, they fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that will, that will plunge people into ruin and destruction. 
The desire to get rich, that desire for wealth will cause you to blindly at times run into things that are a dangerous trap that could bring destruction and ruin to you. There's a show that I've, I've been fascinated with called American Greed. And it actually uh, it takes people who are scam artists to scam people out of millions of dollars. And it, it's basically like a, uh, it, it shows what they did and how they did it and follows from the beginning all the way to the end. And you know what I've noticed in every single one of those? They promised people that they would get rich quick. If you'd invest $25,000 with me right now, in four months, I can turn it into $125,000. And people get so enamored by that that they jump into it and they end up losing everything they have. Don't try to get rich quick. And men, we're guilty of this, right? We want it bigger, better, bigger, and sparklier right now, right? We don't want to wait. We want it right now. We're conquerors. We want to provide for our families. And if there's an option where we can get our family a leg up, we want to run after it. But listen, if we're not careful, we can sprint our way into disaster. We can sprint our way into financial ruin. And when it comes to investment, investing is not a sprinting game. It is a marathon. You want to be in for the long haul. Let me, let me, let me give you the formula for investing. It is this, money plus time plus consistency equals wealth. Let's say that together. Money plus time plus consistency equals wealth. Everyone didn't say that. We all got to say it together. You ready? Money plus time plus consistency equals wealth. Let, let me show you kind of how this works over time. How many of you could say you could find $5 a day to save? Raise your hand. You could find, you could cut out those, you know, uh, uh, Starbucks coffees in the morning, right? You could skip lunch and find $5 a day to save. Let me show you how this works. If you can put this up. If you invested $5 a day at 12% interest in an investment over time, listen, in five years you'd have $12,250 and you would have only invested $9,100. In 10 years, you would have $34,505 and have only invested $18,250. In 20 years, you would have $148,288 and only invested $26,000. In 30 years, you'd have $524,000 and have only invested $54,000. In 40 years, you would have $1 million. $764,000 and have only invested $73,000 over the course of 40 years. Interest and time would have earned you $1,691,710 simply by sacrificing $5 a day. Doesn't take a millionaire doesn't take a rich person. It takes a common, everyday person saying, I'm willing to make a sacrifice. I'm willing to say no. I'm willing to stop consuming every single dollar that I have coming in on the latest car, or the latest clothes, or the bigger, nicer house. And I'm going to sacrifice, and I'm going to save, and I'm going to invest consistently over the long haul and watch God grow my money. And so let me ask you a question. Could the kingdom of God benefit if everyone in this room and everyone at all of our campuses were millionaires? 
could we do more for the kingdom of God if all of us in here were millionaires? And listen, if everyone at all of our campuses were millionaires, could we reach more people for Jesus? Let me ask you a question. Can you become a millionaire by making $50,000 a year? I'm going to show you something. Look at this. Let's take a 30-year-old who makes $48,000 a year. In West Knoxville, the average family brings home $48,000 a year. Let's take $48,000 a year, and we're going to commit to save 15% of that, that's $600 a month, into a 401k. That's a, it's a retirement account. You're going to invest that into a retirement account. By the age of 70, let me ask you a question. How much money will they have in that account in 40 years, investing over 40 years? How much money do you think they would have in their retirement account? Let's put it up there. $7,058,863. They would be a multi-millionaire. Simply by saving 15% of their income, choosing not to spend that on the latest and greatest thing that is out there. And I know what some of you are going, you're going, wait, wait, Matt, 12%, that's a huge return, right? That's a really great return. I, I don't know that I'm going to get that. Let me ask you a question. What if you only got half? What if you only got 6% return? $3.5 million. What could you do with that? How could you bless your family, right? What impact could you have on the kingdom of God because you managed and resourced your finances that God has given you? You stewarded those well. You managed it well. You invested it. And now you're able to have an impact on the kingdom of God that you never dreamed possible. Because instead of living a life that was bound to debt and living paycheck to paycheck, he stepped back, he sacrificed, he saved, and you invested. And God blessed, and God honored, and God made you wealthy. And now you're able to impact in ways that you never, ever would have been able to before. And so to, today... If you're out there and you say, hey, you know what, Matt, I'm already investing. This message isn't for me. Here's my encouragement for you this weekend, wherever you are. Continue. Stick it out. Consistency over time and allow God to bless and grow that. But if you would say today, hey, I'm part of that 72%. What do I do? What is the hope? Look up here at me. There's no magical pill. That you can take and all of it changes, right? There's no prayer that I'm going to lead you in right now that all of a sudden your financial picture changes and it's all great. It's going to be sacrifice and commitment on your part of making some hard choices and decisions. And we want to help you. And here's how we can help you. Across all of our campuses, at every single campus, we're going to begin uh, the, the financial peace uh, classes that you saw on your screen just a little bit before as the message started. And I'm going to encourage you, if you're part of the 72%, don't stay there any longer. Let us help you rise up out of that. Let us help you in Jesus' name break the chains of financial bondage. Get in one of those classes this semester. It'll cost you $90. It'll be the best $90 you ever spent. Because we'll be able to come alongside you and help you get a hold of your financial house and to create a plan that will help you to step out into financial freedom. God, I pray right now 
that you would help us identify where we are, that we would have the boldness to step out, that we would not walk around as slaves in bondage to debt any longer, that we would walk in financial freedom, God, that you would give us uh, the willingness to step out and to try this, God, to step into one of these classes, to be willing to sacrifice and watch you bless us. And allow us to be able to be a part of uh, moving your kingdom forward in a radical way. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. We're going to wrap up. Gina, I think, is coming out right now. And she's got some things to close out the service. Thank you so much. And, man, we are praying for you that God just blesses you in a radical way with your financial house. All right, here's what I need you guys to do. You have sitting in your seat a card somewhere. It's probably on your, under your bottom or maybe it's right next to you. Grab that card, wave it in the air. Let me make sure you've got one. Show me you have one. That's excellent. Did you guys know that Easter's coming? It comes every year. And you know what? We're not even waste, waiting for Easter to come. Like we always talk about Easter weekend, right? Okay, for us here at Faith Promise, it's not Easter weekend. It's Easter week. We're starting on Wednesday night. We're going to have eight different worship experiences here at the Pellissippi campus, eight different opportunities for you to invite somebody who doesn't have a church home to come and potentially find one here. And here's what I want you to know is come the weekend after Easter, we're going to come together again to, as, a, as a faith family, and we're going to celebrate what God did on Easter weekend. Let me tell you something. You want to be a part of the story that we get to celebrate on that weekend, and here's how you can be a part. On that card, I want you to fill, start filling it out right now. On this card is where you have the opportunity to tell us when and where you, you want to help out to be a part of what God does during Easter week. You have the chance to choose where you'd like to serve and which worship time, which worship experience you want to come and be a part. So I want you to fill this card out for us. I want you to put it in the offering box, or you can come and you can hand it to me, and I will take it and make sure that we, we will make sure that you get plugged in uh, to serve on one of the Easter weekend services that we have beginning April 1st. Good? All right, great. Thank you guys so much for being here with us. We hope you have a great week, rest of your weekend and a great week. We love you. We'll see you later.